and queens what's going on and welcome back to another episode of kicking it with k of course it is your girl kayla also known as what your favorite life coach yep you guessed it right and today i am super excited about my co-host that is joining me listen i don't know if we're gonna make it through this episode but we're gonna try our best um he's like an uncle to me he's a adopted uncle that i just fell in love with and we love him to death and it is none other than the uncle brandon uncle brandon hello everybody (laughs) see why are you laughing though just to see you in your element I'm used to just listening to you see But I'm actually you. sitting here watching you In nah, your element yeah. So, yeah. You see the background of it yes. This is every every time Now nah, I will never be able to unsee it Even when I'm listening to future podcasts Good <laughs> Good. Keep it in your mind. But Lisa, I am super excited to have you. Thank you for um, agreeing to be my co-host. <laughs> um, so go ahead and tell the people about yourself. Okay. Well, first of all, my name is Vernon King. Um, depends on what day it is. I may be Vernon. Come on. Yes. And I am um, I am a licensed and ordained minister. Come uh, on. I serve here at the the great Bib Mount Zion under the leadership of Pastor Paul Little, woot, woot. Uh, n- newly appointed as the discipleship enrichment uh, yep. leader. And, um, of course, I wear various hats. I am married, uh, 16 years, five mm-hmm. kids, uh, four grandboys. Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. And I'm also the uh, CEO and founder of Wii U Development. Well, we teach leadership principles that transform lives. We don't exist without you. Come on. We don't exist without you. We're going to talk a little bit about that at the end of this session because we want to make sure that we are getting people connected because that's what it's all about. But I want to go ahead and jump into today's conversation. So just randomly for everyone that is listening, we um, started having this conversation. And of course, y'all know me. I was like, hold on. Let me go grab the mic and let's record this thing right so um me and uncle Vernon was talking and i was just kind of filling him in and was talking about the past episodes that have been going on in season three and let me push pause right there because i did not inform you guys properly that we are in season three of kicking it with k awesome you guys we are here and we are doing the thing so shout out to y'all thank you for always tuning in and listening but since we are here in season three we have been talking about the whole validation piece we talked about the village we talked about insecurities and those types of things so uncle vernon when me and you briefly talked before i cut you off you did you was talking about validation not really um you you said something to the lines of some validation we need but it's not necessarily called validation but it's confirmation confirmation let's talk about that for a minute all right all right well you know <clears throat> validation is the 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 part where where really our insecurities we're looking for people to to validate us to make us feel good about mm-hmm. who we are or who we're trying to be Gotcha. Confirmation is people confirming really who we are or who we are becoming. Mm-hmm. So uh, if if I'm working on something, uh, like even just you know, getting a degree, yeah. right? No, I don't need nobody to validate me in getting my 
degree, but in the field that I may be going in, uh, the people that are closest to me, I may need their confirmation because I could be. I could be in the wrong ballpark. Right. Like 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 many people are going to school for uh, degrees and things of that nature just because of the money. Yeah, that's true. They're not going necessarily because that's what they they feel is their calling or their purpose. Mm-hmm. So therefore, now we have many people who are they're making a lot of money, but they're not happy and fulfilled in what they're doing. Yeah. All right. And so I believe most of that comes from there was no confirmation from the village people were not confirming that this is their their call Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like when we were licensed to preach the gospel yeah right a a major part of that when you look at your license it it is the affirmation and the confirmation of the people of our local church right that they have observed uh, our gifts and our talent they have observed the, the call of God on our life mm-hmm. and so they are not only confirming but they yes they are also validating that we have been that we have been called yeah. so so th- there's a there's I guess there's a thin line between not seeking validation versus getting confirmation got you so when we think about that um even when we think about let's say our village um looking for that confirmation from our village so a lot of times we seek to do stuff uh because the village was like you need to go do this or you need to go do that it was always like that that's what you need to go do either it's because like if you take it back to the whole degree thing going to school it was like go to school to be a teacher that's what everybody doing or a doctor or you know it was just like go do it but if you're not called to do it 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 takes away really who you are and it keeps you from really shining and really going forth into what it is that you're supposed to be. Because in all actuality, now you're being fake. Mm. Because you're doing things that other people think that you ought to do based upon what other people are doing. Like, you take people who are... who who sometimes they think preaching runs in the family. Yeah. Just because uh, uncle was a preacher, you got to be a preacher. Because right. uh, granddad or great-granddad was a preacher, you automatically supposed to be the... Uh, the next preacher in the family, yeah. but that's not necessarily so. Like you got a line of of people who are who are educators, but everybody's not necessarily called to the classroom. That's true. You know, so education is bigger than just a a a classroom setting. If you're called to teach, you first have to find out, okay, where am I called to teach? Mm-hmm. What subject? Who am I called to? So so most of this comes from uh, being aware. Of your upbringing, mm-hmm. um, which starts with our family because they are the ones that are supposed to be able to help us to identify, you know, based on our actions and things that we've done as we've been growing up, be like, yeah. you know what, that's it right there. So we need to nurture that gift and to help them to grow. Uh, in that particular gift. Right. So I, I like how you said that um, that being aware piece because a lot of us are not aware um, 
of, of a lot of things right so when we're not aware of those things and then you mentioned um you was literally going down a checklist um for with the example for like being a teacher who am I called to who what what's my classroom your classroom may not be a physical classroom mm-hmm. but it may be something else so with somebody that may be dealing with that not being aware piece and looking to become into their own where would they start because like right now it's foggy because i have always heard you know go do this go do that whatever that's where the money at go where the money resides Uh type deal Uh so it's just like now i'm really not aware of really who I am so now I have a identity crisis in mm-hmm. reality so where do I where would I start to actually push to start progressing forward well it especially depending on what your age is depending on how far you have to go back a lot of it is about reclaiming that inner child or getting in touch with that inner child mm-hmm. like when uh, when I was 28 years old uh, when I got clean, uh, from substance abuse, mm-hmm. uh, a major part of my recovery was about getting in touch with that little boy that I left behind at the age of thirteen mm-hmm. when I started using drugs and alcohol. Yeah. So, which that y'all is a whole nother meeting in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> but but getting in touch with that thirteen year old boy because that's where my life process stopped. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, you you can hear like a lot of time you can, if you pay attention. You can hear where a lot of people are stuck at. Just listen at the conversations and some of the things they talk about. They will tell you exactly what year they're stuck in. Wow. I was stuck in 1986, uh-huh. which happened to be the year that uh, my parents got a divorce, which really was the tipping point for my life. Yeah. Uh, but, but prior to that, you know, um, I had to go back and look at as a little child, what, what did I enjoy? What yeah. was what was I good at? Um, you know, kind of thing like like I've been knowing how to pretty much sing all my life. Uh-huh. Now I can sing, but I can't sing. Gotcha. You want to bless the mic right now? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's like okay, many people even now you know when 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 I'm when I'm driving I'm doing Uber. I'm constantly singing. Yeah. If if you go get an Uber ride with me, you can rest assured either we're gonna have a great conversation or they're gonna be a good concert. Come on, the concert yeah. of your life. <laughs> so there's no chance. It may be gospel. It may be R and B. You know, there may be some jazz. But I've always knew that I could sing. Yeah. Right. And so many people tell me you should record. You should do blase blase. But that was never something that I really felt like. That I really wanted to do singing brought me more enjoyment probably than it did anybody else. Gotcha. Right. So, but one of the things that I knew looking back over my life is that all of my friends, as young as I I can go back, people always came to me with their problems. Mm-hmm. You know, and the older I got, I was able to help everybody else with their problems, but then I struggled helping myself with my yeah, own problems. <laughs> that's how I be. <laughs> right. Right. So, so I've been knowing for years that. My gift is teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, just so happened, God called me to the to the ministry. Yeah. Uh, but but also that that stretches beyond just the four walls of the church. So it's about going back and doing an inventory mm-hmm. and getting in touch with that little boy or that little girl 
and see what did they really enjoy doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because one of the ways you really discover your purpose and your calling is this something that you're willing to do for free. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily saying that you will. Yeah. But it's just something that if you are not doing it, you're not fulfilled. You're 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 empty. You know, it's just like that. It's a passion that you wake up for every day. And that's the thing there. When you get in touch with that, that's your starting point right there. And so the rest is all about, you know, your personal development, the education piece of whatever it is that you're called to that you, you know, you need to sharpen your skills and Mm -hmm. things of that nature and, and follow other people who have already gone in that path. Right. So you'll understand that, that there are some mistakes that you don't have to make along the way. You can follow the trail that have already been, been blazed. That is so true. Mm -hmm. So really all that you are saying is that we got to get to an area to where we can become unstuck and becoming unstuck it starts with us going back to take that inventory and to really see okay this is where I fell off or this is where it stopped um a lot of times we don't like to do those self-evaluations to really figure out what's going on because it's one thing for somebody else to see our ugly sides or our ugly parts but for us to actually come and spend time with those ugly parts we may not like about ourselves or Mm -hmm. those things that would bring back those memories and those things how do because we have all been there how do you cope with that it's really about accountability because you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. Uh, we, we have this concept where we talk about we are each other's eyes and ears. Mm-hmm. And this is why relationships are so important. Yeah. Because people who are closest to, to us can see us really before we can see ourselves. Mm-hmm. They can really see when we're getting off track before we can necessarily see we're getting off track because they know our patterns. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's about you know, really connecting with people that you know, within our circle um, <clears throat> that can help us to be able to see things about ourselves that we can't necessarily see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, it's you know, you got to you gotta trust people, first of all. That's True. part of the problem. We don't want to trust nobody. True. That's what the whole village things fell off with, with trust. Yeah. And we know that once you lose trust, it's hard, very hard to rebuild that back. But I believe it starts with accountability. You know, because once again... I don't exist without us. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody was created to be independent. Right. Granted, there are things that we need to be able to independently do, but none of us was created to be independent. We were all created to be interdependent, mm-hmm. not codependent, but interdependent upon each other. And so that's the whole idea of relationships, um, even to the point of, of marriage. It's about complementing one another. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, like wherever you're weak at, part of our relationship should be, I should be stronger in a particular area to help guide you or help strengthen you in your weakness and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So it's about adding value to, to one another. So, so this whole piece, it begins with, you know, with accountability uh, and being transparent. Yeah. See, that's the part about doing the inventory. We don't want to be transparent because I feel sure. like if I open up that door and I allow you to see, uh, to really get to know who I am, you might not like me no more. Right. Right. So now we start getting into doing things to uh, what we call people pleasing. Uh-huh. You're right. See, so that people pleasing falls in line with seeking that 
that validation, validation yeah. you know, because now I'm doing things to try to get people to like me versus just being who I am. And if people don't like me for who I am, then they were never designed to be in my life to, to begin with. Yeah, I want to um, spend a little bit more time there talking about that accountability piece and the whole importance of relationships. I know we talk about relationships almost everywhere that we go, but it's like it's a big deal um, because we need people, but we got to make sure that we have the right people in our lives. Because even when you talk about that codependency and all that we literally are leaning on certain people all because of the stuff that they tell us um the stuff that sounds good they tell us what we want to hear and not what we need to hear Mm -hmm. and that can sometimes be a hard cycle to break because it can be something from your childhood it can be you know whatever but spend a little bit more time right there because we get stuck there and we 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 can't get out <laughs> we get stuck stuck oh goodness well, well i've come to the point where i feel like if if we've developed a relationship and you can't tell me the truth about me we got to draw the line on this relationship Mm. Now it's now it's about classifying relationships, you, you know, because everybody don't belong in the friend zone. Mm. Being called a friend is a very intimate place that I have given someone access to. Right. So it's kind of like your 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 house, uh, your car, or even uh, uh, your your pen to your bank account. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't have access to that, but why? Because those are places that are very important, very intimate to you, very yeah. close to you. So everybody shouldn't have access to that part of you. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be able to choose wisely. That's why, uh, uh, oh, shall I say, that's when prayer and discernment becomes a key part of, of us taking the time to reflect on our relationships. Right. Uh, some people's expiration date has expired in something in some areas of our life. Talk about it. And so when that expiration date has expired and we don't learn how to separate from 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 people when that season is over with, that's when we start getting into uh, relationships ending badly mm-hmm. because we didn't understand the expiration date. You know, and it's never it's never personal, but it's personal. Yeah, it's not personal against that person, but it's personal for for me. So, like one of the things when I decided that I wanted to live a, a, a new way of life, uh, three things that I had to change off the rip, which was my playmates, my playgrounds, and my play things. Wait, run that back one more time, <laughs> Reverend. <laughs> run that back one more time. Come on. If you're going to make different transitions in your life, you got to be willing to change your playmates, your playgrounds, and your playthings. Mm. Because everybody is not designed to go wherever it is that you're trying to go or wherever it is that God is taking you. Right. So you have to have the wisdom to know that, that some people that you were playing with in this season can't go to the next level with you. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's not that they're bad people whatever, but they don't, they don't fit what you need to be able to help you to be productive in the next season, so to speak, you know. So that's yeah, that's it's deep. It's it's really it's, that's very deep, and especially like with some people whom you you grow up with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. You think about the people that you went to elementary school. 
it's not like now because you know most people don't have a whole lot of stability because we're constantly moving yeah you know but when you think about like in in, in my day in the, in the 70s and 80s you know most of us lived in the same neighborhood up until at least we got to high school mm-hmm. you know what I mean so from from kindergarten to uh sixth grade you were going to school with the same people every year. Yeah. Unless you flaunt, man, you know, another right. story. <laughs> another story. <laughs> so, 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 but in, but in that, then you go to middle school. Now you're going to school with people who are, who were going to other schools in the same little area or district that you, that you were in. So now you're meeting new people. So now our capacity to, uh, to really get into interpersonal relationship skill is now being stretched. Yeah. Right. And so then when we get to high school, you know, as a freshman, you know, you're there with people who are, you know, they're, 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 they're seniors, you know, getting ready to graduate. And so now you're being stretched even, even further. Mm -hmm. So, so, Within those those things, there's people that I was in elementary school with that our relationship changed when we got to, to middle school. Yeah. It wasn't that we wasn't friends anymore, but it was just something about, you know, what I needed. And then, in some cases, it was the things that I started participating in. Mm-hmm. I knew that those people were not on that level. Yeah. Right? So, like I said, I started dibbling and dabbling with the streets when I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't. I don't want to drag anybody else into something that I'm doing that I know that I, I, I shouldn't be doing in the first place. Right. You know? Now, unless they just drag themselves along with me, that's another story. But, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um... <laughs> That's that's um I don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, because you know, we don't we don't we don't really we don't take the time to really do a deep dive in what it means to be in relationship with somebody. No. So like when we talk about friendship, now we now we want to get into talking about associates. Because there are some people who, you know, they're just they're just that. Somebody that I associate with because okay, we got class together. Yeah. We we got a we, we got a school project we're working on. So we bond based on our association with this particular assignment that, that we're on. But outside of that, you don't have the access into my life when I leave here and I go home. Mm-hmm. And the things that I have to deal with at home, the family life at home, you know, th- those kinds of things. Now, people can work them their way from being an associate into that area of friendship. Right. Right. And so then we get into talking about, you know, there are some people who were they was just that assignments. Yeah. You know, it's very, you know, very simple. You know, I realize that there are some people in my life that they cannot give me what I give them. Mm. They they can't return the same level of energy that I pour into them because they don't have the capacity to. See, sometimes what we want to do is we want to cut them people off. Yeah. Because we think that we're supposed to get the same thing back from the same, you know, from the people that we gave it to. And that's not necessarily how it works. You mm-hmm. know, so we have to be okay with knowing that there are some people in our lives that cannot give us what we give them. Yeah. You know, so that's just how the old people say how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> Not how the cookie crumbles. Like, wow. So let's talk about the people, some people just being assignments because sometimes it's hard to 
well, it shouldn't be hard, but we make it hard to tell the difference between this was just an assignment, this is somebody I was supposed to help along the way. And, you know, sometimes people get attached and they're like leeches and it's kind of like, how Mm -hmm. do you... Well, once again, it's, you know, in relationships, there's that thing called tough love. You know, and it's sometimes, especially like when it when it comes to our children, like uh, sometimes, I, you know, I've had these conversations with parents like, uh, you know what? You don't really trust what you're teaching your kids. Mm. What, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? Because you don't never give them the opportunity to practice it. Mm. Right. So so if I truly believe in what I'm teaching you, I'll give you a little rope. I'll give you a little freedom. Yeah. If you make a mistake. Right. We have the chance to correct it. Right. But if I'm teaching you and I don't never give you the opportunity to put into practice whatever it is I'm teaching you, then that's showing them I don't really believe in what I'm giving you. Hmm. It just sounds good. Mm. And so now that that's where a lot of the conflict between the parent and the children come from. Right. Because you, we got to give them the opportunity to be responsible. Yeah. Because one of the things my mom told me all the, she used to tell us all the time, and let me say this before I say that, I, I seen uh, a post on Facebook, and it was floating around for uh, a minute, where, where it said that um, my mother taught me everything except for how to live without her. Mm. And when I thought about it, and I kept you know pondering it, because I'm not one of those ones where I see a Facebook post, I'm gonna be quick to say Amen, and I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna put a little thought into this before I respond, if I respond at all. Right. And so I, I, I always remember my mama used to always tell us, "Y'all got to get this because I ain't gonna always be here." Mm-hmm. And so when you really think about it, our parents are really teaching us how to live without them, because they realize that one day. They're not going to be here to do certain things for us. Right. So it's up to us to to learn the lessons of becoming an adult versus mm. being grown. Mm. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. You just said something there. Come on. Talk okay. about it. <laughs> You're not just gonna say it and not talk you, about you know, it. <laughs> you, you, you know, you know that part when we were growing up. And I think all of us have said it. Boy, I can't wait till I get grown. Wait till I get grown. You know, and, and, yeah. and, and the reality is most of us just want to get grown so we can cuss. You know? <laughs> Not the cussing spirit. <laughs> you know, because so, we thought being grown was about doing whatever you want to do. Right. You know, and so I always try to teach people that you don't ever want to grow up to be grown. Because Ooh. grown folks, think about it, grown folks... Do whatever they want to do, whenever they want to do it, however they want to do it, wherever they want to do it, whoever they want to do it. And they feel like they ain't got nobody to answer to. Yeah. So there's a lack of accountability, right? Mm -hmm. But see, what adults do, adults are responsible, productive members of society. They realize that it's going to always be somebody that they got to answer to. Yeah. That they got to give an account to. Right. So in their decision making, they're taking into account the, the things that I'm that I'm getting ready to do. How is it going to affect the people who are 
closest to me, mm-hmm. especially those who are depending on me. Yeah, but not even only the ones who are close to me, the ones who are depending on me, but how is this decision going to affect my future? And it's a generational thing, too, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm, I'm 48 years old. There are some things I am still paying for that I did in my 20s. Mm. So here's the thing. God is a loving and forgiving God who will forgive us for every single solitary thing we have ever done. Mm-hmm. But he will not remove the consequences. Mm. He will not. Here's, here's his answer. My grace is sufficient for you. <laughs> Come on, Grace. Let's talk you, about this. You, you, you sow these seeds. Yeah. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked whatsoever you sow, that you shall also reap. And so, in, in, in essence, for like a lot of us, the reason why we feel like we're stuck a lot of times is that we're reaping the harvest of the seeds that we've sown in the past. While we're trying to do the right thing now, we still are dealing with the harvest of the seeds that we planted in the past. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. And and, and the thing is now, since I've made a decision to trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior, now it's about, okay, I I got to go through this harvest season with a different attitude than I had when I planted the seeds to begin with. Mm. In the same token... I got to start planting new seeds. seeds, Yeah. Right. Because here's the thing I shared earlier. The full fruit of a labor of love always comes in its right season. Let me say that again. (laughs) Help us. Help us, Reverend. The full fruit of a labor of love lives in the harvest. I left the part out. Lives in the harvest and always comes in its right season. The full fruit of a labor of love lives in the harvest. It always comes in its right season. So through this whole process of us growing, there is a labor of love that is taking place. Mm-hmm. Right? Whether it's us laboring in love or somebody laboring in love for us. Right? And there's a harvest that's going to come from it, which is the full fruit. Right. But it's always going to come in its, it's right, right season. season. Now, the right season is the same as due season. It's not on the calendar and it's not on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> but you just got to be prepared to receive it. Right. And it's uh, and, and see, when we talk about the full fruit of a labor of love, that's relationships. Mm-hmm. That, that That's relationships. And, and in love, love operates... In validation, mm-hmm. confirmation, uh, accountability, transparency, yeah. right? That in the end helps us to build our character. Mm. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you have said a lot there, sir. You said a lot. Like, we just need to process that. <laughs> We need to sit with that for a while and um, just process that. But even when you um, talk about the whole relationships and the connection with people, when you talk about your business, um, life coaching, 
Wii U. Talk about that a little bit more. Well, the truth of the matter is, whether you realize it or not, I've been talking about it the whole time exactly. because that's what it's all about. Yeah, We don't exist without you. Mm-hmm. So it's really about me freely giving back what was freely given to me. Right. It, freely giving back yeah. what was freely given to me. But watch this. It's not so much of me giving back to the people who gave to me, but it's about paying it forward to someone else. Mm-hmm. Right? Because think about it. In reality, whatever it is that you're going through really ain't got nothing to do with you. That is so true. It's really about the people who are watching you going through what you're going through so that they can have hope that they can go through it too. Mm-hmm. Or they can avoid whatever it is that you're going through simply by them watching you. Yeah. So this whole concept of 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 we you is about helping people to become a part of the we. Because oftentimes what validation does, which 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 breeds off from the insecurity thing, it isolates us. Yeah. You know, it, you know, you could be in a room full of people and feel alone. Mm-hmm. Not that you're lonely, but you can you can feel alone. Right. So so you, you think about when 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 times when you walk into well, when you started with Geico. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you were very nervous. You didn't know nobody. Right. You're starting a new job. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you you want to do your best. You know what I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. that that thing of self doubt creeps in. Say I don't I don't really deserve this. I can't do this. I can't do that. So here's where the assimilation process comes in at, where whoever is the person that's with you know helping you in your orientation, right, helps you to get acclimated to just who is Geico. And what do we do? Mm-hmm. So how can we help you become a part of us? Hence the we you. Yeah. You know, so the whole concept is being able to partner with um, with corporations and associations and different organizations to help in their leadership development. Because the truth be told, especially where we are now, as far as the job market is concerned, at one point before the pandemic, People couldn't find jobs. Mm-hmm. Now jobs can't find people, people yeah. to work from them. So there's this missing gap that when I even go back to uh, a, a year or so ago when um, we was having the marital race to determine who was going to be the mayor of Macon. Mm-hmm. And one of the number one thing that, that that people were talking about, what are you going to do to bring jobs yeah. Here. Mm-hmm. So okay, the the thing is okay. Am I just doing things to get jobs to come here just so people can have a paycheck? Hmm. Is that it? Right. Okay. So the the, the thing is is we want to be able to have people to show up for more than just a paycheck. Yeah. So when we look at how can this corporation help our city in more ways than just providing a paycheck? So now we got, when you look at the majority of time that people spend is on the job. Mm-hmm. So if we can provide leadership development, 
is not only going to help them to be better employees for the company, but it's going to send them back home and back out into the community to be better responsible, productive citizens of society right. as well. Because it's more than just a paycheck. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 you know, you, you take, let's see what I want to look at, uh, Irving Tissue Company here in Macon, right? Yeah. The people not know how important toilet paper is. <laughs> Talk about right. it. I, I mean, you know, just think about when the pandemic first started yeah. and people were wiping out the, out the shelves with, with toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't really realize how important toilet paper is until you sit down. Come on. And you ain't got no toilet paper. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what a tissue. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So, 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 it's in the least of things that are just as important as the things that we say are very important. Yeah. Like so when you look at the one of the, the lowest things that people look at usually in a in a in a corporation is the janitor. Mhm. Yeah. They don't usually get a whole lot of respect, a whole lot of appreciation, but they are probably to me in my eyes the most important very job that an organization can have. Yeah. Can can you imagine walking into your office every day and it's a hot mess? Come on. It's dusty. Trash ain't been taken out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got me that you really ain't got time to really do all of that stuff. But just think how more creative you can be when your place is, yeah. is clean, is neat, is organized. So that person that's just that janitor, then watch this. Why do we treat them as if they're second-class citizens without equipping them with the ability to go from the janitor to the CEO? Come on. Yeah. So now we're failing our people because it's like on most of our jobs, there is a low morale and high turnover rate. Mm -hmm. I believe most of that is as a result of middle management because we have people who are in those positions who don't necessarily have people skills. They just know how to tell people what to do. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> so, so therefore, we, we have these people that just know how to tell people what to do, and they don't know how to talk to people. They don't know how to discern when somebody is actually going through something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they just, they just meet, they meet, may need to take more than just a 15-minute break. Yeah. Now, you can tell the difference when people are just goofing off and they don't really want to work. That's a whole different story. But somebody who is a a consistent, faithful worker, you ought to be able to tell when they're actually going through something that's actually affecting their job. Yeah. Yeah. What resources do we have to provide for them? Mm -hmm. Especially now, you got, got, let's just say, a mother on a job who just lost her mother to COVID. And now her dad is in the hospital battling COVID too. But yet and still, not only does she have to come to work, now school has let out. And now she really can't afford daycare. But she can't afford to miss the job and then be at home with the kids too. So there's a lot that individual is going through that's making it difficult for them to be able to be productive on their job. What resources Mm-hmm. When it comes to leadership development, do we have to help people to cope with everyday life? Because here's the reality. 
if corporations are coming into our communities to help our communities be better, right, mm-hmm. then they should be willing because the people who are at the bottom are really the ones that is responsible for why corporations are making profits. That's true. And so we must be willing to reinvest in those who are helping us to make profits. Mm-hmm. So now you create an environment where people want to be here and they take ownership of the job. They're like, Geico is my job. Right. And you can see them do little things that show that they are appreciative beyond just having a paycheck because this corporation or organization has invested or reinvested in them just beyond a paycheck. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really good. Um, and it just made me think about like just, I, I guess like just people that I know that work in different areas. Um, you know, some people, they do just go to work for the paycheck because they just need to get by type deal. But um, also in that, you know, the CEOs or the people in charge or whatever never really takes the time out to really see that person. So like you say, you may have somebody on a job that is dealing with an issue or whatnot, but that person gets overlooked all because it's just like, oh, you just pick up paper, you know, or you just a lower entry or whatever mm-hmm. and so we overlook those people but those are the people that really makes the big difference and it's just like we have to really be intentional about people really be intentional about people right because once again we are interdependent we don't exist without you it's not that's not to say that people are not replaceable you can replace people but can you replace them with the same quality? Right. Right? <laughs> Come on. Because people go through rough patches. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a part of life. You know what I mean? Even if you're in the CEO position, you know what I mean? They still go through different things. Yeah. You know, just because they're getting paid well that does not exempt them from the trials and tribulations of life. They don't. But, but because they're in a position as far as, you know, the financial status is concerned, it's easier for them to pay for the help that they need. Right. You know what I mean? So now we get into the actual life coaching part. It's simply about coaching people through life. You know, because mm-hmm. um, like you said, the, the question that you was asking earlier, how do you? And you can just fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So sometimes people need that, uh, that life coach yeah. to encourage them. To confirm, to mm-hmm. even and in, in sometimes validate that you're on the right path, you know, because sometimes things get hard and we want to quit and we want to give up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes we need somebody to really cheer us on and encourage us. Yeah. No, you've come too far to give up now. Look, here's what we need to do. You know, as a result of you doing this, we got to keep pushing. It's like working out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hold Don't on. mention working out, right? That's a sensitive <laughs> subject for me. Too soon, too soon. Too, look, too soon. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> Careful. You know, cause, you know, one of the things I think about is, you know, in the 20 years that I've been clean, the people that God has placed in my life at the right time mm-hmm. to help me to get to where I am today. Yeah. Most of these people were complete strangers. Mm-hmm. 
Cause see, a lot of times we, you know, and we get mad because family, though, family should be the one that I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a living witness that sometimes family is not the ones who are supposed to help you. Yeah. Because a lot of times we have unrealistic expectations on our families. And do. You, you know what I mean? So really and truly, whoever is designed or divine to be there for whatever you need is the people that's supposed to be there. Not who I think is supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So now, even when I do things for my friends or my family, now I'm expecting them to be there for me. So that I mean, what I did for you was conditional. Oof. We love to work off conditions. Right. It's not It's not unconditional. <laughs> right. So now it's like, oh, girl, you don't owe me nothing. But then when, when I'm in need... Now I'm acting funny because I think I was there for you. Right. You know, but now, now you want to act all funny and brand new. Well, sometimes them people, they can't be there for you. Yeah. They're not in a position to be there for you. They're not equipped to be there for you. It's not that they, in, in a lot of cases, that they don't want to. They're just not qualified in that particular seat. They're not the people that God has designed to put into your life to help you at that time. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ways that you really know that is God. Yeah. So the scripture teaches us to beware how we treat people because sometimes we may be entertaining mm-hmm. angels unaware. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely got to be intentional. <laughs> be intentional about people because you just never know. Mm-hmm. You never my my grandmother she she always she always taught me to do right by people. Yeah. And even when I was in the streets and you know strung out on drugs like that, I, I don't know of anybody that could actually come and testify right now and tell you that I mistreated them. Mhm. Because I just I just don't believe in mistreating people. Now we can have our disagreements and we can agree to you know to disagree and all of that. Right. But at the end of the day, you can't say that I did something to disrespect you or dog you out or character assassinate you, anything of that nature. Because when I tell you, uh, there are things that I know about people yeah, that other people don't know and they will never know, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not their business to know. Yeah. And there's some things that I know about people that they don't know that I know about them. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> But that just comes from being in this position of being of being a minister, yeah, or being uh, or or being in the ministry of helps, or the ministry of service, uh, or or the ministry of teaching, mm-hmm. because people will pour themselves out to you, because you give them that sense of security yep. and a safe place that I can get this stuff out of me, because if not, it's kind of like the trash can being backed up, it starts stinking. Trash start running all over because it's too much in the trash can. Right. So everything around the environment now becomes trashy. So we're only as sick as our secrets. Eventually, you got to take the trash out. But Mm -hmm. we're so concerned. Don't tell nobody your business. Right. But now I'm sick. (laughs) Now I don't believe in going to counseling because counseling is for crazy people. No, it's for taking the trash out. Mm Mm-hmm. And then cleaning the trash can. Because if you keep living, there's going to be more trash you're going to have to take out. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. Take your trash out. <laughs> take your trash out, okay? <laughs> if you don't get anything else, <laughs> take your trash out. 
Oh, this is good. This is good. Take the trash out. Listen. And, you know, I don't know. You know, there's a lot that has transpired in the, the 20 years that I've been on the right side of the track. <laughs> there, there are many stories that I could, that the time won't allow for, you know, yeah. but that's what this life coach thing is about. Mm-hmm. Pouring my experience sharing my experience so that people can gain strength and they can gain hope yeah. from the things that I have experienced. Now, of course, some of this is about pointing people in the right direction to get the help that they need, mm-hmm. you know, because I won't be able to help everybody because, you know, a major part of my niche is to help people to discover their purpose. Right. You know, and to build from build their leadership from there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sounds good. Listen, I have truly enjoyed this conversation. Um, becoming unstuck. <laughs> becoming unstuck. It's work. It, it's work, but it starts with self first. Being able to go back and really figure out where did I fall off. Being connected to the right people. Mm-hmm. Knowing who's a friend, an associate, an assignment. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Right. And just ultimately being intentional about people, um, just overall. And knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, it's bigger than you. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely bigger than you. Um, Uncle Vernon, I truly appreciate you for coming and kicking it Th- with me. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. Before we go, you should feel <laughs> privileged, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm kicking it with Kate. Everybody don't get a chance to kick it with Kate. Listen. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's just like... It's all about who you allow access to you. Uh, Everybody ain't got access. Come uh, on now. That, that's what it. That's what it is. Mm. Yeah, I really, and the chair, y'all can't see the chair I'm sitting in, but I, I feel like I'm sitting on the throne. You know what it's I mean? It's elite. Come on. It, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> My last name King, and I just really feel Listen, special. You know, royalty. Come on. Yes. <laughs> royalty. You gotta have. <laughs> so done but before we close out this podcast is there any final words you would like to leave with the kings and queens let me say this hear me hear me good come on wherever you're going wherever God is taking you it has to be greater than where you came from let me say that again for those who are taking notes come on wherever you're going Wherever God is taking you, it has to be greater than where you came from. There you have it. (laughs) Uncle Vernon has spoken, you all. (laughs) He has spoken, okay? That's it. Listen, kings and queens, thank you guys so much for coming and kicking it with your girl, Kayla. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode, and we look forward to... You guys tuning in next week. Uncle Vernon, you got to come back because I know you have stories upon stories and we got to help the people. Yes, and since I'm not preaching as often as I used to, I'm kind of backed up. So (laughs) (laughs) remember to take your trash out. (laughs) And with that being said, we're out.